a banker picks up the guitar and goes like this, you know. And a rock and roller goes like that. Hello everybody and welcome to this week's edition of BPM, the podcast where we get behind people's music. really great to have you here thank you for taking the time to come and listen to this podcast and a special thank you to you and welcome if this is your very very first time listening to bpm we're gonna have a nice time together and uh, you're gonna hear what it's all about shortly we have a very inspiring episode coming up with one of the straightest talking people i think i've interviewed and actually one of the easiest podcasts it was to edit because he just had this lovely flow to everything he said and that is with uh Promise, P-R-O-M-I-S, is today's guest on the podcast, and we'll give him a proper introduction in a minute. So that's Jose Promise coming up in a moment. But as part of our regular features on this podcast, here are the tracks I've been listening to this week. Tracks of the Week. So as you know, I try to give you some tips on some music I've heard that I think is great, and as I said the first time I did this, BBC Six Music has been a source for a lot of this stuff. I've been listening to some German radio as well while here in Berlin, but no offence, German radio, but the music on there that I've been listening to isn't something I can necessarily push forward and recommend um, to other people. So, yeah, yeah, thanks, but no thanks. So BBC Six Music has, again, been a source of inspiration. Also been listening to um, Q, Radio Q in Canada as well, and uh, BBC Radio 2 another one bbc radio one is another one lots of bbc stations but i mean you know i am british like what did you really expect there have been some great songs that have come up um especially after i recommended a few a few weeks ago and that was tourist with the song emily which was really really great and then a song by bibio called curls i've listened to a lot of bibio since and we'll talk about that in a future episode but i actually went back to some stuff that i loved a year or two ago because i have a, a really not big, but expansive for me at least, and expansive for most people, I guess, vinyl collection at home. It's only about 100 vinyls, but it's got a lot of stuff in it, quite varied stuff that I like and just buy. And one of the vinyls I rediscovered the other day, because I really wanted just to have their songs on, was a band called White Reaper. I'm not so sure many people know who White Reaper actually are. They're a four-piece garage rock punk rock band based out of Louisville, Kentucky. And uh, they've only released a few songs, but one of the albums that really got some sort of acclaim was in 2017, which was the world's best American band. And actually, when I did do music reviews then, and I must probably do a retrospective of that album because I loved it at the time. It's short, it's punky, it's hard, it's fast, it's loud really it's mixed incredibly loudly i don't quite know how they've done that um and i listened to the album and loved it the very first playthrough i was like this is a really really good album really really gonna stick with me and um yeah i just really enjoyed it absolutely loved it and i still love it now and i actually hadn't heard it for quite a while but i did remember that when i did music reviews then at the time i did list white reaper as the best album of that year 
I think the war on drugs, um, a deeper understanding was close. But White Reaper, I really put the top of that list. Another song I've really fallen in love with this week is Harmony Hill by Vampire Weekend. It has this lovely flick-on, pull-off guitar riff, and um, just the way it's layered and textured together is really great. I almost get some sort of, like, Simon and Garfunkel vibes off of it. It's this nice sort of melodic, peaceful tune, and it's kind of hazy, dreamy, and, uh, yeah, just just nice in that sense. And it's not too long, not too short, and, uh, yeah, I really, really appreciate that track and have listened to that quite a few times these past few weeks. The last person I want to mention is someone who's getting a lot of attention on talk shows in the US and things. And her first album, uh, I heard it in a past life, debuted at number two on the Billboard uh, charts in the US. And that is Maggie Rogers. It's not particularly my style of music in the same way that I like the band Haim a lot. I really do. And to see them live is great. I like them a lot. But I still don't know if I would say that it's my style of music necessarily, but I do like listening to it. I think they're completely different things. Um, Is it something I seek out, you know, daily? Is that the sort of genre I fall into or would say is my favorite genre, this pop rock sort of vibe? No, not at all. But is it something I enjoy? Yes, like definitely. And, um, you know, some people think that's weird maybe, but I, I am... A male fan of Haim. I am a I am a high man, if you want to put it that way. A hymen. High man, hymen. Yeah. Pretty sure they won't market that phrase. But someone who I think is very, very similar is Maggie Rogers. She has this uh really sort of West Coast pop feel and I think she's incredibly talented and actually and has a really, really good voice. And I know that a lot of people have sort of over mystified maybe or oversimplified actually is probably a better word. Her journey to the top because Pharrell heard this song and blah, 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 blah. And I don't think that does her justice, actually, in any way whatsoever. Heard It in a Past Life is a good album. Um, I wouldn't actually go out and buy it on vinyl, to be honest, myself. It's not something I feel like I'm missing out on if I don't own. But I have listened to it. I have uh, been through it, and I do think it's a good album. And the single off that album, Light On, is very, very good. I urge you to go and listen to that. And that has been in my head for the past few months, because it came out in October or November last year, but something that really popped into my head again the other day after hearing it on the radio. And uh, yeah, check it out. Maggie Rogers, Light. No gear of the week to talk about this week. Nothing gear-wise has really uh, inspired me hugely, I must admit. And I haven't received many more suggestions of gear of the week. But if you do have gear that you want to share with me and the rest of the BPM audience, please do get in touch. You can reach out. The best ways to do this are on Facebook. That's Facebook is BPM Pod, and the website, bpmpod.com. There's also Instagram. So please do get in touch on those channels and send some things over and you know, recommend some things, and then it will be on the Gears and More, uh, Gear and More, sorry, page that is on bpmpod.com. There you will find a bunch of links 
to guitars that I like, to amplifiers that have been recommended, to pedals, to the keyboards I use, to the recording equipment I used, as well as some of the tracks of the week that I featured before. They will all be put there on a big links page, and you can find all of that there. So without any further ado, I think it's time we got started, right? This week I speak to the wonderful Jose Promis, or also known as Promis, P-R-O-M-I-S, multi-talented guy. He's a singer, songwriter, piano player, cabaret aficionado, and lots of other things. And you're going to hear me say all of that again in the introduction in a second, because we did it a slightly different way round for this episode. So here is what happened when I went to Jose's apartment to talk to him about music and life and inspiration and Instagram and what music means today, what cabaret means today. Does cabaret have a place even in music today? Is it a bit forgotten? And uh, we talked all of that and more, and you can hear what happened now. And it's got a slightly different introduction this week. So uh, here is what happened when I met Jose Promise. So my guest this week is an independent singer-songwriter, one-man sort of cabaret aficionado and, well, a little bit of everything, really. He does everything. Some videos, music releases, there's always new stuff online. He's originally from Chile, but now in Berlin via Los Angeles and Arizona. You've been in Arizona as well, right? I lived there for my youth. And you've been released nine albums? Yeah, Got nine. Some remixes out, done a bunch of stuff on stage. That's on absurd. <laughs> it's not absurd, I'd say. You're pretty good. <laughs> And uh, yeah, I'd like to welcome you along here. Welcome, Jose. Vielen Dank. Thank you for coming. Thank you, sir. We're in your fantastic apartment (laughs) with the biggest CD collection I have ever seen. Yeah, it's ridiculous. Is it ridiculous or inspiring? I should hope it's inspiring because I like the value of music and I like to read the liner notes and see the pictures and the whole. I like an an album. I'm an album guy. Because you've got a bizarre almost taste in music. I don't even want to say bizarre because that sounds offensive, but I don't mean it like no, that. I mean, it's offensive. just so varied. Like from here, I can see Pearl Jam. Yes. Then I can see Eminem. Then I can see Queens of the Stone Age and uh-huh. Metallica. And then over there, I can see Enigma. Yes. Uh, and then I can see Jay Z. Yes. And then there's a bunch of stuff I don't even recognize, like at all. You got Edith Piaf and ABBA. And the ABBA, well, ABBA. Right there's Mariah Carey, and then there's, then there's uh, uh, the Scissor Sisters up there, Nelly Furtado. I'm like, Jesus. This and then is not a... to mention the European stuff. No, exactly. Stuff. Greek folk music. So, like, the first question, because you warned me of this, and now I can see it in person. And honestly, I have to describe to people, there must be, I don't even know how there's many all, there's probably Well like, over there's, a thousand. No, there's like 3,000 over. Because each one of wow. these things, my dad made them, holds... 1200, I think, and one holds 1100. Okay, and there's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. No, no, seven, there's, there's one, two, three. Each, yeah. see, oh, each of those ones was And then the same this goal. thing I had made here in Berlin. Right, and when I first put it up it, earlier this summer, I didn't nail it correctly to the wall, so three days later, oh no. And the CDs, broken jewel cases, everything everywhere. It took like three months to put that nightmare. Oh my together. god. Yeah. 
But it's back there now. Yes, You're good. You're all good. properly drilled into the wall, which I'm probably not allowed to do. <laughs> <laughs> okay. But maybe we won't admit that. But, <laughs> but it, it almost seems like a really stupid question, but I'm going to start here anyway. Mm-hmm. What are your influences? Because I cannot nail it down. Well, like, okay. So going back to the beginning, I mean, I like a good song. I like a hit song, a catchy song, a well-written song. I like a melody. I like melodies. I'm a melody guy. Mm. I like a great song. I like more haunting songs, to be honest. Um, but as a kid, going way back, uh, I liked ABBA first. And uh, I remember the disco years. I was born in 1973. I was five years old, and my parents had disco parties in our house on Saturday wow. night. So I remember I Feel Love by Di- Donna Summer and that yeah, kind yeah. of stuff. I remember that when it was current as a five-year-old in kindergarten. Mm. And that stuff put me in a trance. I really loved it. It was magnificent way back then. And then as a little boy, I grew up on MTV. MTV came out when I was eight or seven. And so I, I the music of the British Invasion mm. at that time, Duran Duran and Eurythmics and Culture Club and all that kind of stuff. And Madonna came out when I was 10 or 9, something like that. Um so I grew up with all of that, like those melodic sort of 80s kind of things I really liked. And then when I was in the university, I went to film school and I studied a lot of, like I liked old movies, like the old movies from the 30s and the 20s and early cinema. And then I fell in love with uh, like Marlena Dietrich was the one that sort of opened the door to this other style of music. And I think also in the US around that time, it was a lot of gangster rap and grunge which alienated me, I, I mm. guess I liked it, but it, I couldn't connect too much with it. And I was getting older, and uh, and then I discovered European music, like the great European singers. like Sean, And it took years, I discovered one after another. And then when I discovered people like Jacques Brel and Charles Aznavour, like the great French singers, that was the ultimate influence. That, that was like, wow, these guys sing songs about life with intelligent lyrics, uh, they don't have to swear. They can put their point across in an elegant way. And these are songs I can grow old singing and listening. And, and write, this was the kind that, of style I wanted to write. Mm-hmm. Like, not a kiddie pop song, even though I enjoy a good pop hit, of mm-hmm. course. But, you know, I'm not a kid anymore. And if I want to be a songwriter then, and be effective, I have to do the kind of... All of this interesting music, does that come from a musical family? Or is it just something you picked up? Well, we had music constantly in my house. My parents always listened to music. They weren't a musical family, but mm. there was uh, from the morning to night there was always music. Always right. something on. Yeah, but they don't play anything or anything. No, like. my mom played the guitar a little bit, uh, and she sang. And and but everybody in my family liked music. My grandmothers liked music. Um, all of my family, but no, no. My parents were more. My dad was a professor, and my mom was a librarian. So they were, I guess, intellectuals and academics. Mm. And, mm. But you still mean? had a good, you still had a good musical education, though. I guess just by being around it, so yes, often. by being around so much, so many different things, and yeah. it, really, it was what I liked, you know. Uh, yeah, and I had an uncle in Chile who collected music and and opened me up to a lot of. They had good taste, I think. And, mm-hmm. Yeah. So, what's your story actually? Because you touched on Chile there quickly. So, you're born in Chile. Yeah, yeah, I was born in Chile. And then, what happened after that? How have well, you ended up in when Berlin? I was a, little, a kid when I was a, out of the Chilean, out of the dictatorship yeah, with Pinochet, yeah. and we wound up in Tucson, Arizona. My dad taught at the university there, and I grew up in Tucson and went to the university there. And then, as soon as I finished, I wanted to get out of Arizona. It was a bit. Uh, now I look back on it nostalgically and 
the nature was very beautiful. But mm. to be young and it was very boring. You know, yeah. I, I hope I'm not offending anybody. No, no, it was no, very but beautiful. I, no. I, I don't hear. Um, I don't hear that Tucson, Arizona is like a hotbed for things to do, to, to be, be honest. Young, I mean, you have to drive everywhere. It was one of these suburban American places where you have to be 21 to go to a bar. You have to drive everywhere. It's not an, it's not a, it was a very alienating and lonely culture, mm-hmm. which is, I guess, why I really took refuge in, in, in music. And I listened to the Top 40 every week, watched MTV. That was my gateway to the world mm. and I was very curious to the world so I would see videos by Duran Duran and Sade in these exotic places in Europe and mm. like wow wow yeah that you exists know. I have to that go exists. there that exists and they wore beautiful clothing and, and had a sense you know, Tucson was the wild west it was very different and then you were in Los Angeles yes so I went to, I studied well. cinema I'm, I'm, I finished the university I moved to Los Angeles um, the day I turned in my last paper the next day, which is when Princess Diana died, I was on the freeway to L.A. And I stayed there up until two and a half years ago when I moved here. And then I, I had random music industry type jobs. And But when I moved to L.A., I started taking class piano classes, piano lessons. I knew I wasn't going to be a great pianist, but I wanted to be a songwriter. Mm-hmm. And so and then I just stuck to it and never stopped. So what instruments do you play? You play piano? Yeah, just the piano, not very just well. Just the piano? Not yes. very well. Well, you do a lot of stuff, so it must be pretty well. <laughs> And then primarily you write songs then, I guess. That's yeah, most I'm a, of your time. I like writing songs. Yeah. I love to write songs. Right. I um, couldn't just be a fan all my life. No, no, no. But now you are a full-time songwriter, right? So I read that you gave up the sort of corporate life, yeah, that as you was, put it. it well, it, yeah, but it's not been easy. You know, that was in 2008 was my last corporate job. But then since then, I've had part-time jobs. Mm. I worked for a community college back in... Los Angeles for a couple of years and, and then I've now I teach English to kids in China freelance here mm. uh, I never thought this would happen but uh, and what other jobs and then I've taken every music gig I can mm. get that's not completely exploitive mm. for two years mm. in LA once a week I played in a dentist office for four hours for how much money? That was pretty good. That was about that was two hundred and fifty dollars. Oh, but then it's worth it, I guess. That yeah. was worth it. That yeah, was actually sure. really they good. They were Ukrainians that were people from the old Soviet Union that owned this uh, oh, wow. uh, dentist. So they had a taste for music, and they yeah. had the, the enough culture in them that they wanted to have. They knew that people would be bored or mm. horrified, mm. so they mm. <laughs> had a piano player. Because there were really a couple of themes when when I messaged you the other day and I was researching some of your music and stuff. There were really sort of two themes that I wanted to touch on that stuck out to me more than anything else. Uh-huh. One is the diversity of your music, which is incredible. And uh, two is, yeah, this sort of switch to be, to drop corporate, if you want to put it that way. Because I know a lot of people who listen to this and a lot of people I've talked to uh-huh. aren't ready to make that jump or yeah. have made the jump and then have sort of gone back. Yeah. How have you found that? Very difficult. And I had to leave the US. But mm. I had my sights set, set on Europe. But that's, I guess, a different story. It's extremely difficult, but you cannot... If you want to do this full-time and be really the, a musician, if you do it half-time, part-time, then you, you're going to get part-time results. Mm, mm. You have to dive into it, no matter how long it takes. I mean, for me, there's no other option. Mm. This is, and it's been too long that I've been doing this. So, And it's been too long I've not been with a, with a proper job, so I don't know what in the world I could do at mm, this point. Mm, mm. You know, I mean, My resume is empty except for these freelance teaching things and stuff I do. 
What would you class as like success then? Are you sort of have you achieved your ambition success musically? Is making or? it out of the world. <laughs> making no, no, but life. have you achieved your sort of musical ambition, or is there still a lot more no, that you no, would like success, to do? I mean, yeah, there's different definitions of success. Success is being a good friend. Mm, mm, mm. <laughs> but uh, I guess no. If I can live off of this and not worry every day, I still worry, and, and I'm like, oh God, where am I? What's going to happen in two months? Or am I? Are the Chinese going to renew my job for the next six months? And mm-hmm. ha- you know, it's, the, my rent is very expensive. I don't. It's very, it's very hard to to live now. Success would be to not worry about that for once. That's yeah. one type of success, yeah. of course. Yeah, of course. No, that's a very sort so of for once not worry about how I'm going to survive. In the back of my head, I've been thinking, God, am I going to have to go back to the U.S.? What would I do if I went back to the U.S.? Mm. But I don't think that anymore. And then also, um, but also success is to have a, a song everybody loves. You know, mm, you want to touch mm. people with your art. You, it's I've put out enough music, more than enough music, and I'm sort, you know, it's been completely obscure for all these years. It's the underground of the underground. And sometimes, okay, fine, I've been underground. I'm sick of it. Mm, mm. <laughs> you know, but no, that's a very. I'm not getting any younger. I'm tired of being underground. I, I like that definition of success, though. It's quite a grounded definition and um, one that actually is very similar to a Tom Petty quote I really, really oh, love. I love Tom Petty. Uh, and I love Tom Petty. I'm, I'm still, really, Tom Petty, Tom. still really sad that he's dead, actually. I still listen to him almost every day, um, yeah. even though I never knew the guy. He's such an influence like, on me um, and such a grounded sort of individual sure. and they asked him once before like what do you define as success and he said I think I'm paraphrasing a little bit but uh-huh. he said that he thinks that um, too many people focus on success as celebrity but if you can pay the bills and you're a good person to your family and friends ah, he said what, how much more successful do you need to be yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, absolutely no no I mean if anything I'm a pretty private guy and I, I like you know some of the great stars and and were very mysterious people. Mm. I mean, I think we've gone the opposite way with Instagram and these influencers mm. and these people who are famous. With why are you famous? Yeah, it's vacuous. It it's really beyond is. that. It's just the this, the destruction of society. Mm. Mm. But you're but not on Instagram stuff. and things, right? I am. Like I have to. Be. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Exactly. But I don't have so many followers. Nobody. I post something that I get. I don't get any likes. Nobody. Yeah. Without. Uh, I mean, if you're not showing. If, your body then who, nobody no, cares no, no I know what you mean if you're not showing some sort of cute picture or something or semi-naked I tend to find it doesn't get a lot of likes uh, it's, pretty, it's pretty it's pretty dire it's I mean there's some nice things on there but it's 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 a, it's a popularity con. It's like a high school popularity contest on a mega level. Mm, mm, no we've no, gotten totally so backwards as a society that that's what we made like we People want you have to prove how many Instagram followers and likes you have in order for people to take your music seriously. Yeah. That has yeah. nothing to do with music. When I was young and surrounded by friends, life was a party that would know no end. But now that I'm older and I'm on my own, I'm finding myself. Drinking alone When hopes were high And life was sweet A pick-me-up Got me on my two feet But now things have taken How would you describe your music? Because I don't want to say cabaret I don't want to say pop I don't want to say EDM I don't want to 
you've got a little bit of everything, kind yes, of. There's some of everything. There's some singer-songwriter、like、in there. There's some confessional sort of, almost country-like singer-songwriter elements to it. Yes. How would you describe it if you had to pick a sort of、like、tagline? Inter- international singer-songwriter. <laughs> I think. Chan- somebody called it、uh, new chanson. Uh, like chanson of you know, like the old French songs of this of, of today, because、yeah. it has more minor chords and much, a lot of European influence.、Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think it's like sing- international singer songwriter.、Mm-hmm. Does that genre exist? Something like that. I'm not sure. Which lends itself to many different.、Uh, and here I've had my songs remixed into club hits and club no not club hits. <laughs> well, one of them、like、is. We'll talk about、songs. that in a minute. But yeah, of which I like. You know, I I, I like that as well. Yeah, how did you get into the remixes? We've jumped. I've jumped a couple of questions onto that, but how did you get into that? Well, I always did. Someone an, just、I、sort al- of reach out. I've always liked dance music, like good. Especially, I grew up in the early '90s. There was all this sleek house music that was、yeah. fantastic at that time.、Um, more than EDM. EDM is, is a different thing. But, but、uh, and then met, the guy who's my producer most of the time, his name is Ian Matthews. He's British. He listens to everything. Him and his wife go, do nothing but go to concerts.、Mm. I sort of live in the past a little bit, but these guys, which are a little bit my other half in music, he、mm. sees everything and everybody,、mm. and he, and he also has a taste for sort of British dance music and that kind of stuff. And so, I guess yeah, since the beginning, every album I've had has had at least one or two electronic songs.、Mm. Some of my stuff somehow lends well to that, and、uh, and then I the, my last album was put out by this small German label based out of Cologne. It's really just one guy, but、uh, he's tried like the rest of us. He <laughs> tried very hard. Yeah, but he knew some great German DJs that did some really beautiful remixes, I must say. And then they put out a, a remix compilation, Disco Cabaret. Which I think is great, but sadly there's no promotion. But they're really wonderful remixes done by several、mm. German DJs.、Mm. And for a while in the states, I managed the Billboard dance chart for for a bit. So I, I do have a. I like good dance music for sure. And like I said, I love disco music, the good stuff, not the really overdone stuff, but the disco music at its best in the in the seventies. Was fantastic,、mm. and people、mm. like Nile Rodgers, and, yeah. and、uh, yeah. I just got the new Chic album. I haven't really listened to it yet. Was there a new Chic album? Yeah, I didn't even out,、yeah. know. It has Lady Gaga on it. Really? Yeah. See, this passes me by. It's like but, all of this, to be yeah, honest. Yeah. Like I know Nile Rodgers is, but only through other bands, really. And then, I mean, most recently, I guess his sort of collaborations with Daft Punk and people like that. But. But that's really my extent. Like that's、yeah. it. That's very shallow sort of no, knowledge. No, that's okay. I mean, it、so. takes an effort to get into stuff. There's tons of stuff now that I have no idea. So yeah, if you want to talk singer songwriter country rock music, then I'm like quite deep down. But、yeah. but I must admit, I've been very sort of picky, I guess, in growing up and really sort of focused on that. And well, this is a good excuse to expand <laughs> my horizons a bit as well. But、yeah. who is your music for? I guess in that sense. I mean, everyone has a sort of idea. I, I of always an say in a sort of a snooty way: <laughs> people over thirty with a brain, <laughs> people who read books. So I'm 29, so I don't get it. Okay, people、yet. over 20. No, people. <laughs> I mean, my songs are not about the club or about、no. somebody's butt. You know,、no. it's they're they're about life and its experiences. I know that's such a cliche. That's just a disgusting cliche. What I just said, but it's.、Um, 
who are they for? I don't know, but there is an audience for it. I mm. think people who yearn for this sort of international sensibility that's largely absent, I find, mm. in music. Mm. Yeah. yeah, I would definitely describe... Whoever listened to Jacques Brel and Charles Aznavour in the past... Those people still exist, and there's people with or yeah, Scott exactly. Walker from the UK. Yeah, Scott Walker, I forgot Jake about him Thackeray. entirely. Like but, those um, guys, so a bit like Pet Shop Boys, actually. That's Pet Shop it's been Boys. compared to the Pet God. Shop Boys a lot. Yeah, and actually, that is what I've written down here. The remix, especially MDM's uh, EDM sort of house type stuff. Mm-hmm. I've put sounds almost Pet Shop Boys question mark. Yes, if you like that kind of stuff, then you'll probably like what I do. But some of your songs um, have actually been done super well for themselves, right? There was one of the 50 bucks from me. Ah, oh, you like that one? That's a good one. Yeah, I like, like it a lot. I like that one too. But is that, that must be one of your most played ones, surely. Nobody knows that these songs are unknown, except... It was uh, like 500 and something plays. No, or, that was somebody in LA. Thousands. Somebody in LA. Yeah. Listen to this. This is the story. This is to how bad it's gotten. Okay. Somebody in LA a year or two years ago said, listen, I can help you with your career if you pay me this much money and I'll show you. I'll buy you new fans. Oh. And then she did like one week of something like that and I got 500,000 yeah. fake likes oh. it's fake oh no yeah absolutely it's totally fake now and you I just said, took a shit on your best songs <laughs> you know and I said this is so dishonest it's yeah. so, yeah. so no so it's all phony but that's a very sort of uh, dance driven track and then that was of, a dance that's yeah. a dance driven track some of the one, other ones I listened to were more sort of um, I don't want to say cabaret but even though we have talked cabaret before and we'll talk about it more in a minute but that's a very generic sort of way of saying a longer song with a story, I guess. And that's not really what I, what I want to get at. Yeah, yeah. But I listened to a few on there and it's you on a piano singing. But some of it's not even really singing. It's more like almost talking poetry, yes, yeah, some of yeah. it. Like it's... Uh, it's like speak singing. Okay. No, but it's, it's very easy kind of oh. in that sense. Like easy to listen to. And I like that. Thank you. But actually, the people I put down, it reminds me more of his... Rufus Wainwright. Yeah, I get that a lot. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Even I your like voice is uh-huh. incredibly similar, <laughs> I must admit. Yes. But do you take that as a compliment or a bit like, no, oh, not fine. again? I have all of his albums. Not- I've written him and he's never written me back. <laughs> I've written the Pet Shop Boys, I've written Marianne Faithful, I've written Amanda Nobody ever writes back. There's probably a gate person thing. Nope. Yeah. You're not famous. I enough. also think Rufus Wainwright, so, uh, I'm going to hope this never gets listened to on a wider scale because it's probably defamatory, but he always. I've seen him once live, uh-huh. and he was really miserable. Was he? Incredibly he was miserable. Unhappy. But I think he wasn't in a good place, I'm not oh, sure. No. But that was about 11 years ago now, um, so a long time ago. So I guess he might have cheered up since then. That's but he was bad. incredibly miserable. That's a pity. But he's still responsible for the best um, musical moment, live musical moment I've ever Which seen. Which was that? And it was at this festival where it had been raining all day, absolutely torrential rain. Uh-huh. And everyone was soaked, and it was to see Neil Young, who was yes. playing. He was just supporting him. Um, and we were just getting really impatient. And then he did a cover of Hallelujah on the piano. Uh-huh, then uh-huh. Leonard Cohen 
more Jeff Buckley sort of version, I guess, he did on piano. And the second he started singing the chorus, the sun came out of the sky and everything was pleasant. And the second he finished the song, it chucked it down again. Ah, it was okay. like magical. Oh, yeah, I was like, that right. was... How did that time itself? Yes, Even he looked up at the sky at one point, like, "Wow!" And he said, "Hallelujah!" Like, how the hell did that happen? Like, Hallelujah! I think he even said that he was like, "You know, I don't believe in a higher power, but if I did, like, yes. that would be good proof for it because that was crazy." Wow! Wow! So, uh, but then someone else I thought you sounded like, but I, it's someone I really like, and maybe I'm projecting onto Ooh. you instead. Uh, someone called Father John Misty. Yeah, I, you know, I've heard a lot about him, but I don't know his music. I haven't taken the dive yet it's very similar to some stuff you do oh wow this very stripped back but very meandering sort of um songs i mean yes i know who he is or who they are i guess it's from fleet foxes originally i think so um okay but um he um did an album called pure comedy now i sound like i'm just promoting his album he's famous enough as it is um (laughs) and the title track is called pure comedy and it's it's really an incredible song. Okay. It, it makes you laugh and cry in the same song. I see. It's good. about the comedy of life. The comedy of man starts like this. Our brains are way too big for our mother's hips. And so nature. She devised this alternative We emerge half-formed and hope whoever greets us on the other end Is kind enough to fill us in But you were saying a story about a guy you're working with who everyone seems to think is quite flamboyant but actually there's more to it's it it's more that. tragic yes yeah tell us about that well okay so i came to berlin because i became i got a god now i'm making it yeah i play piano and write songs for this old berlin drag queen this uh, from the it's been around for a while i don't want to say old but he's been around for a while and has a salon in uh an art gallery salon here in Kreuzberg, in Neukölln, on mm-hmm. Sanderstrasse. He's a painter, like a Andy Warhol type of thing, sort of. Very, very striking uh, art. And so he has this gallery, his name is Stefan Stricker, and which he o- has been opening to the public for years. And on the weekends, he becomes this character named Duvalia. And... Uh, and the people come into the gallery, look at the art, hang out, chit chat, drink zect, you know, drink yeah, champagne. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and and it's really an incredible place. You have some very very interesting people coming there. And then he would put on a show. He would sing songs, and in the past he would sing like new lyrics to American standards and German chansons and things like that. Mm. And it really transports you to this sort of like Marlena Dietrich fantasy world. Mm where there is romance and it's just so insane but kind of perfect in a perverse but beautiful way and then my friends took me there and i thought it was an incredible place and and some then i wrote songs for him so uh, over a period of time a couple years ago he would send me these long texts in german Mm. and i didn't speak any german now i speak some german 
and then I would set them to music, and and I would say, well, what is this? Is what kind of song is this? What is yeah. the meaning? What of sort the of mood lyrics? are you getting? Yeah. yeah. And then we wrote over the, the time 20 songs about, and uh, they became the soundtrack to m many of them. This German director, Rosa von Praunheim, his last film, Überleben in Neukölln, Surviving in Neukölln, about struggling artists in, in this neighborhood. Mm -hmm. um, and they made a soundtrack album with the two of us on it, and, and that was primarily what opened the door for me in Berlin. And so we sing these songs on the weekend at this cabaret. Um, and we've been doing this for two and a half over to, since I moved here. Since the summer before I moved here, I was in Santorini, Greece, playing music in a restaurant the, the year that the Greek economy collapsed. Mm -hmm. So the ATMs were closed and half my gigs were canceled. Yeah, it was like yeah. playing music on the Titanic as it was sinking. <laughs> but I bookended that with my trips to Berlin. Then I went back to the U.S. and then I decided I'm moving to Europe. Sink or swim, I want to be in Europe. Mm. Uh, anyway, and so these songs are... You know, you go to this show and you expect to laugh and see this drag persona. And actually, the songs are about life and aging. No, they're about aging. A lot of them are about aging. And the sadness of seeing your neighborhood turn into an overhyped kind of... You know, the old neighbors are being kicked out and the vegan cafes are moving in. Like, mm. do we need another one? Um, I'm kidding. But that's <laughs> I'm, that's a bit of the joke. And uh, the songs are also remembering the old Berlin, the, the time of the wall and, and, the, and the 90s. And they're very... So you don't... You go there expecting one thing and then you get something else. Mm -hmm. It's very, very special. There were a lot of changes in this city on the whole, though. I mean, and some of it I feel is just sort of natural progress, Yeah, I think I the guess, city has, has, been, has been one constant change. But when is the sort of golden period then? Because this is know. what I struggle with, actually, when people say, oh, the old Berlin. I'm like, but people classify that totally differently. Some people see that as five years ago. Some people see it as the early 90s. Like, yeah, people have been saying it. And then, of course, there's the 1920s. Yeah, and that's, well, that's like, you know, nearly a century ago. So yeah. when, when do you see the golden period then? It depends as, who's saying it. Yeah. I guess it always depends on who's saying it. Because it's almost undefinable. But a couple of years ago, it was tough. You know, when the, the Syrian refugees were coming, I mean, it was kind of a stressful time here. Mm -hmm. But then Berlin, this has always been a party town, and there's so much going on, and the people are very open-minded, by and large. Mm. But yeah, but it's a complicated city, for sure. Mm. How do you find living here versus uh, where you've lived before? Is it a sort of place that you find relatively difficult to live in? My first two years, yeah, were extremely difficult because then I realized I, I left what I knew mm. and the culture shock was very big, even though I'd been coming here for a few years. I'd mm. come here many times, several times before. Mm. But then when you live here and that first summer was cold and rainy and I got kicked out by my first mean roommate and, and uh, going to the supermarket is a horrifying oh, experience it's, horrible. it's just awful even yeah. today i have to build up all my courage to go to the penny on copper dam and and that i can deal with it now it is but compared to yeah. the u.s at california you go to trader joe's and everyone's like hi how are you have a nice day <laughs> and here everybody's like Rah! yeah <laughs> it's um and now it's a huge culture shock even coming from the uk and for me and then to sweden and then to here it's a vastly different country even to Sweden and that's an hour away from here yeah, on the plane sure. um, just yeah just the way people address each other is different uh, yes. the sort of lack of small talk and that is a stereotype but it is one that is definitely true like, yes, it yes. really doesn't exist um, 
yeah, just the formality as well of situations really threw me. Um, I mean, I know my, you know, I have a guy at the bank who is my sort of bank contact. I'm like, yes. I don't think I've had a guy at the bank really? as my contact ever in <laughs> my life. This has never happened. And even though we've met each other, we know each other, he also plays music and was interested in this podcast and wanted to be on it himself. We still call each other by last names. I'm like, really? this is so strange wow. to me. Yes. Just this. So when you come from California to here, that must have been... Yeah, that was like huge. monumental. Yeah, monumental. But now I'm happy here. I mean, it would be nice if I had a bit more stability in my life. But uh, but I got used to it. And then the other thing that made it has been is most of my friends are Germans. Mm-hmm. The people I, I met at the cabaret and a lot of the people, my good buddies and stuff, are, are Germans. Mm. And they are pretty loyal friends. So they, mm. they, yeah. that's a stereotype too. But they don't blow you off. No. No, no, I see. People that's are pretty true. loyal here, and yeah. people are on time. Yes, by and large, not everybody, yeah. but compared yeah. to the U.S., to L.A. is a completely different yeah. world. Yeah, definitely. So I appreciate that about here, and people keep their word. Yeah, I mean, of course, these are generalizations, but yeah, of course, that's what I have found out. Yeah, but you would generalize on what you've experienced, right? Yes. So I mean, yeah. in your true. experiences, yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, you know, why wouldn't it be accurate what you said? So. <laughs> The sky is blue, mornings rise, the birdies sing, and the days are alive. I scratch my head, was it a fantasy? I'm having issues with my memory. What did I do? Did I disgrace my name? I wonder as I walk the walk of shame. The morning sun. What is it about cabaret that really attracts you? Well, actually... Because you I, sort I, of fell into this a little bit, I guess, but you still keep doing it. So yes. there must be something about it that is really capturing I think it's you. the immediate interaction between the artist and the people. Mm-hmm. You are there in front of the audience's right two feet away from you. Mm-hmm. And then when it's finished, it's like, let's party and hang out. Mm-hmm. The yes. songs are about the people in the audience. The songs are about... Uh, it's almost kind of interactive. Mm-hmm. And there's a certain mm-hmm. elegance to it. There's a certain... There's a rawness to it. I don't like going to a concert where the person is a kilometer away. Mm. That does nothing for me in these mm. big festivals and things. I like, if I want to see a show, I want it to be an immediate and have sort of an access to the other artists. Mm. I think that's mm. what makes it special. Is it a sort of art form that is forgotten, really? Or Perhaps, not? because everything is so commercialized, absolutely. Mm. And, and big, you know, the bigger you are, the more, the more, the more important you are, I think. I've and also s- the songs are quirky they tell stories they can be tragic they can be funny they ha- it's, it's like a human thing yeah yeah fish in the sea fish in the sea fish in the sea fish in Shame. Do, do, do. 
you mentioned earlier in passing that um, you're still stuck in the past a little bit. Yeah, I glorify the past. Yeah, I was going to no, say. No, no, do, I don't glorify it, but I. Yeah, I was going to say, do you sort of long for it a bit? No, 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 not really. Long for it. No, every, no I'm, I live today. Yeah, 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 yeah. But what is it about a certain era that attracts? What is your sort of favorite era then that you're trying to sort Maybe of? Maybe the 70s, the, the music 70s. from Europe in the 60s and the 70s up until about the early 80s. Mm. Because you the, you could be older, that was more international. Actually, yes, a lot of the singers and even some American singers like Frank Sinatra and people like that, you could sing songs of many different genres, mm. and still, you know, you could have a song that sounded Greek, a song that sounded Italian, a song that sounded Spanish, a song that sounded, you know, the, the singers were singers or, or interpreters. You could do many sorts of different things, and I like that. But because of I don't know why. We live in an age where you just only do this genre. You know, people ask you, what is your genre? I'm like, well... Yeah. No, no, no. You no, know, no, why no. do you have to do one or... It confuses people, I think. I, and the songs, I think, were more melodic. They were played with real instruments and... and um, mm. Maybe it was more immediate. Maybe I just sort of fantasize about something that I never really experienced, perhaps. But no, but the music from that era was more mature but yeah maybe mature but still being intelligent sometimes i think we if we think something is mature then it's saccharine and it's yesterday's mm-hmm. news mm-hmm. how do you go about writing music then with all of that in mind so you like that period you've got a bunch of different influences that are sort yes. of non-definable and that's absolutely <laughs> fine how do you go about writing songs then do you just sort of sit down and think, I want to be like this? Or is it more no, stream something of inspires you. Yeah. Something inspires you. Sometimes there's a stream of consciousness and all of a sudden there's like a whole set of lyrics come into your head mm. and you write it down. And, and Or sometimes you're listening to a song that has a certain beat or a certain rhythm and you come up with an alternate set of lyrics to that same thing. So it's written already in time. But many times I find that I think of a good song title. And on my iPhone in the notes section, which I use a lot, I have a list of all these song titles. Mm-hmm. And then somehow at some moment something fits. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What is your favorite stuff you've released? You have nine albums out, so you have a lot to choose from. But don't lie and say none of them. No, Everyone no. always goes really humble at this point. It's like, oh, no, no I think my songs them, are good. But... I like my songs. <laughs> That's what I tell people. People yeah. are like, who do you write songs for? I'm like myself. Like yeah. that's totally it. I like my songs. I do. I have. You have so, to do stuff you like. Yeah, you have to so. be proud of what you've done. What's your best release? Do you think? If someone Ooh. was trying to access you right now, what would you recommend they jump to? My first album, which is very raw and it sounds almost like a demo, had some of my most adventurous songwritings because I, I was young, and I want to re-record that record. And some of those songs I still play. My second album, yeah, it was maybe my fifth album. It was called Love Stories. It was mostly on piano. Mm. Uh, my voice is a bit rough, you know. It wasn't, but uh, it was recorded while my mother was dying, so the influence wow. was very immediate. And it had some of my some songs that I'm very proud of. And they're they're at their most raw, you know. It doesn't have a lot of bells and whistles on it. No or overdubs or things, just. It's just you. <laughs> yeah, largely. Album number. But then number, there was an album called Indiscretions that has rock and, and 50 bucks from me. It has mm. all of the genres. Mm. It was a big cornucopia. Mm. Uh, and then Electric Cabaret was sort of even... But that was more like half electric, half cabaret. Mm. I, I like a lot of Eastern... Yeah, Electric Cabaret, then Love Stories, Indiscretions. I think those 
It's hard to to answer. Mm -hmm. What's your sort of next sound? Do you know where you're going next? Yes, I'm doing working on two projects now for the next year. Go on, what are they? So one is uh, I met this Polish DJ producer songwriter. He's young and he's a very smart guy here in Berlin, and then and he does very sort of adventurous uh, electronic music, Mm -hmm. like Bjork or something like that. Okay, wow. And so we've written over the last two years now ten songs together, and and that will be that will come out in the next six months. Now we're recording the vocals, he's mixing it, and that's gonna be, uh, and that's I'm very very pleased with that sound. Mm-hmm. The, the, the name of that album is gonna be Dirty Old Man. <laughs> <laughs> nice. <laughs> I, I see you wrote an album for my dad. Great, Dirty Old <laughs> Man. And then uh, he's young, and I, I was joking with a friend of mine one time we were having drinks and i said yeah when i'm 60 i'll put on an album called dirty old man ha 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 and then i told this guy and he's like that's the name yeah already there we go we're done and then i'm recording with long distance with my my guy in la the british guy that goes to shows with his wife all the time ian matthews is his name he is responsible if i ever get any success he gets a a big chunk of it of the credit because he knows how to work with me he found me on myspace years ago he can work with my all my limitations, of which there are many. And uh, the next record will be, yeah, I guess, my 10th or 11th. I don't know. Um, as we, I'm doing this record, the songs are all written. And that's also sort of a cornucopia of styles. Ish. They all start as piano-based songs, but then some of them become... This one's got a couple country songs. Mm-hmm. It has two songs in Spanish. My first song's in Spanish uh, that I wrote. Uh, one electronic song, I think. Um a mix, a good a mix, mix again. Yeah, a good mix. Like, I, I really did. A like, good mix of good songs, it must be. Yeah, well, no, seriously. And I did try to listen to as much as I could before before I came here. <laughs> and I was really trying, I guess it's just human nature to, to some degree, to try and box things in. I just think it might be. And so part of me was like, okay, this guy, I would say he's nearer this style. And then I would listen and be like, okay, that's Pet Shop Boise. Okay, that one's Rufus Wainwright. That one's country-ish. And I was yes. like, this guy is like <laughs> undefinable. Good, good. I'm <laughs> no, happy to hear that. No way to define him. Super. You're not a big fan of streaming. We were talking about this earlier. Uh, what, mean, is, what are your reservations about streaming? Because I like having something. I don't know. I come from the time of CDs. And some things that are available only for streaming. I mean, if your music is not good enough to put out, and if it's only for streaming, then I don't care. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I always imagine some ridiculous situation. Like, well, what if I'm at the top of the mountain and the internet, we don't have internet, and then I'm not going to have my music. Mm-hmm. 
that I think you, you know. I at least like having the mp3s on my phone or my iPod yeah my yeah. iPod was my favorite thing yeah I, I still have mine so yeah I do too like I haven't used it for a no, I long use mine time always. really yes because it was easier than on the phone you have to do the password yeah you have to get da, da, da. off the screen and do it yeah, yeah no no the iPod the iPod iPod was like the perfect mm. invention mm. it's kind of a shame that they've been sort of brushed away what iPod are you on the touch or whatever it was the sort of bigger one that looks yeah, a bit like yeah the bigger like an one iPhone. that clinked a little bit yeah. but it had the most yeah. gigabytes yeah yeah, I still got it. I really, yeah. Maybe I should dig it back out again. I love that. Do you play live, aside from the cabaret, do you play live at all with your, just your own stuff? And... Yeah, I mean, I used to. When I worked, lived in L.A., there was a piano bar where I used to play, but those places have all closed because then they turned into craft beer places, <clears throat> as if we need any more of those. Yeah. Um, then I did some <clears throat> open, like uh, I used to host piano bar nights in several dif- different places, but it's rare that I sing my own songs. Okay. I mean, you need to... I wish I could tour, you know, for that you need an agent and a manager and that kind of stuff, and that hasn't happened yet. I thought it would happen with this record label, but it didn't. And, uh, yeah, so do I do my own solos? No, very rarely. I mean, I wish, that's what I want to do. Mm. But I'm always playing for other people. Mm. Yeah. had to pick some sort of aims you've got for the next sort of immediate months or year let's say with music what would they be yeah i, I want to manage i need an agent you need an I, agent I, need to, <laughs> I want a tour that's what all you know we were talking about how much we like traveling mm. yeah i love to travel and i want to for once be able to to tour around playing my music mm. earlier this year i did a show i mean i've had some great moments I did a show in Nice because I was lucky enough to meet a, a pretty a, a, a pianist, very well to do and work well connected from the from British living in Nice. And he, through his connections, got me a gig in a very nice theater that I think since closed down. And then I had to put together a proper one man show of my own songs and tell my story to a French artist uh, audience of surviving in Berlin and why I left LA and that kind of thing. And so mm-hmm. I did it. And it went very well. And uh, now I have that show and I can tinker it a bit for whatever audiences I do. So I need to, I have to, that, that's already something there that I could tour with or I could play. Mm. Yeah, I want to tour. I, want, I would like to have a, a band, mm. people backing me up, of course. Mm. Okay, well then this is a call. <laughs> now, yeah. now. I mean, but you asked <laughs> me, so I have to give you an yeah, honest yeah. No, answer. No, no, I, I, I need to, I don't... Yeah, that's that for the next month, or the next year, or next week. That would be nice if that materialized mm-hmm. once and for all, because it's been a very difficult last few years, and I've changed continents, learned a new language, everything, just to keep on doing the mu- mm-hmm. yeah, my music. Mm-hmm. What I really love, by the way, just a quick side note, um, yes. is that you keep referring to your performances as a show. 
Yeah. I really like that. That really, you like, right. think of it like that. Because I think a lot of people just think it's a gig. That's how a lot of people call it, right? You sort of turn up, play the music you know, blah, 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 blah. You can yeah. go. Um, and it's a bit like what you said earlier. If you do things part-time or sort of half-assed, you yes. get half-assed like, results. You just yes, do. That yeah. is what happens. Absolutely. And I really like that you have gone and said, like, you know, it's a show. It That's is good. a show. It's a whole experience kind of thing. Yes, and even if it's your, you by yourself, you you... You have to give a fan. I find this is what I want when I go see something. I want to see a fantasy. I want to be transported. I want to see something beautiful. I want to see something touching. You know, I want to see something. Uh, yeah, that takes me out of my life or or enhances my life rather, mm. makes it all the more beautiful. Mm. Music makes life worth living in many ways. Beautiful mm. music has to be beautiful. It has to have beauty in it. Mm. A show has to have beauty. Mm. It has to give us hope. It has to make life wonderful. And that's what you try to do. I think that's our duty as, as songwriters or, singers or as musicians or entertainers. Charles Aznavour, I think, said that every song has to be a movie. Isn't that a great quote? A great, yeah. Yeah. And a really good way to think about it. Yes. Actually. And so, and like, to me, every song has to be a story with a beginning, a middle, and an end. Hmm. N- not everybody's going to like it, but you have to do your best. And, and that's... Absolutely. And take people on that journey, I guess. Yes, somehow. Where can people listen to your stuff? Loads of places, right? You've got links yeah. everywhere. I mean, but you have my, I, I use my last name only. I mean, it's no yes, lie. Exactly. Who so I called you Jose, but your no, last name. No, no, that's name. fine. It's Promis. Promis, yeah. Because coming from the US, if your name is Jose, you're going to always be lumped into this Latino category. Yeah, of course. And people will never, ever be able to see you as anything more than that Mm, mm. and they're gonna i mean you are who you are but we're more than just a a stereotype and here in germany these people here i am a human being i find i can nobody cares no they can't even pronounce my name fine and that's perfect for Mm. me you know here i they're like well show us what you got Mm, mm. whereas in the u.s it's more like well you're latino so i don't know if you're gonna fit in with this format yeah 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 You really have to do a lot in this city to be considered weird, I find. Yes, like, you absolutely. really have to be properly... Or you have to be really... Nor- you show yeah. up in a suit and like... Or just hi. really stiff. Yeah. yeah really. <laughs> but in fact, that's probably the weirdest thing you can do, is be right. really stiff. Exactly. So, um, But where can people find you? There, you are on digital Yeah, I mean, if you look on iTunes, just yeah. look up Promis. P-R-O-M-I-S. Yes. It's, that's my family name. That's mm-hmm. uh, my great-grandfather. From, was from Italy. It's from that from Piemonte. The name is from that part of the world. It's my real name, and because of that, I live in Europe. I have an Italian passport. Ah, so I'm legal. Nice. If anyone wants to hire me, I have a new <laughs> yeah. passport. I'm ready to work. He has rights to work here and live yes. here. It's fine. Which is always a question on job applications. <laughs> Strangely enough, um, but sometimes you have to really dig to find my music since I don't have so many listeners and so many likes. Then it's like you have to just dig it's so exhausting because sometimes I try and find myself and it's like what I've put out 55 yeah. music videos and none of them come up yeah um, so actually that was the last thing I was going to say very quickly you also can see you like with your yeah, music because you, you have a bunch YouTube, of you can, YouTube videos yeah you can look up Jose Promise, my full name and things will come up but on iTunes and stuff uh, and Spotify you can P-R-O-M-I-S but you're quite the actor you're in quite a lot of the music videos like pensively 
pensively looking over things. I mean, that w- you listen, when you, in my situation, <laughs> really I have, there are no budget music videos, except I'm usually, I, I do them when I'm in great places, like in Israel or in Greece or in Thailand and different countries I've visited. So it's me, my, my cell phone and whatever unfortunate friend happens to be with me. Really? I said, here, now, let's film it. And then I'll have my iPad, iPod with a speaker. And so I'm lip syncing the, and it's just me in a beautiful place. So what am I going to do? I wanted to make more. So I only have myself. Yeah, there's a lot of me just like walking around and I try to keep away. Yeah, from but that. some of them you've edited quite well because some of them at least have some sort of overlay effects or something. So it looks a little more sort of. Yes, like, I, I learned. I've made myself learn. Uh, I, I mean, this is what I have at my disposal. Yeah, so even I'm just iMovie. Yeah, but. And I can, I've, it's only so far. So for the next project or the next album, then I have to figure out the next mm-hmm. thing. Mm-hmm. So you've also got a website as well, and everything is linked to there, yes, right? Yes, well, there's a soundcloud.com slash promise music. Mm-hmm. You can go on YouTube. Look, It's youtube.com slash J-P-R-O-M-I-S, or you mm-hmm. can just look up Jose Promise. Um, I am on Vimeo. That's J-P-R-O-M-I-S. What else? Um, you do have some stuff on Spotify as well, right? There is everything's on there. Spotify. Is there? And then two albums were released as with Ian Matthews mm-hmm. as a duo. We co-wrote the songs. Mm-hmm. Those are there's two albums: Promise, Ampersand, Matthews, mm-hmm. and then the rest is just Promise. And then, as we established, your website with everything. This is then there's my website, which is Promise slash Music dot com. Um, yeah. And there's everything on but there. But you have to be patient and nav. I mean, because there's a lot of stuff on there. <laughs> yeah. And you can't listen to the first song and say, well, this is not really my job. <laughs> <laughs> but no, it's it's really good. And there's tons of stuff out there. I could find a lot of it. Um, it makes me slightly sad you couldn't. But there we go. And I found lots of it, not just by you. Well, you know, I look and I expect perfection, perhaps. I'm like, where is this stuff? Why is it not showing up? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. It's been really, really good fun. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. My pleasure. I finished the song and then I set it down I got 200 or so lying around I want to get them to the people I know They work in the movies and in all sorts of shows But the only response I ever get Is we're not in need of this genre yet How do I get them to hear my songs And to the singers I love whom I never forget I find their websites, the managers' names And go to their social media page I send them an email yet another try I've done this maybe 50 million times I think only once I got a response You're not the genre that a company wants How do I get them to hear my songs And to the singers I love Whose voices still haunt me And more important How the hell am I supposed to survive When even the cruise ship companies I write Never respond to my pathetic cries The only response they take the time to write Is that your social media doesn't have enough likes Will I ever get a chance to sing my song someday before I die? And more important, how the hell am I supposed to survive when even 
the cruise ship companies I write Never respond to my pathetic cries Now my time is up and I've gotten too old At least that's what the Americans told me So I moved to Berlin to try my destiny Now I'm teaching English to the young Chinese There's too many rules, your piano bars are all dead The rent's too expensive, I'm in over my head Will I ever get a chance to sing my song someday before I'm dead? I get it, I know it, I'm over 13 But age is like wine, can't that be seen? Will I ever get a chance to sing? Will I ever get a chance to sing? Will I ever get a chance to sing my song someday before I'm dead? That was Premis there with the song Will I Ever Get a Chance to Sing My Songs One Day? Brackets before I'm dead. Oh, I don't know if there are brackets there, but I kind of like that that might be an afterthought um, before I'm dead in brackets because I thought it was quite funny. And that was played live at his apartment just on his piano and uh, singing into the microphone. Thank you very much for that. And that's it for this edition of BPM Pod. If you have enjoyed this episode, please do like it, share it or subscribe online. And if you think there's someone else who might like this episode, do share it with them. Uh, The episodes are available to listen to on Acast, iTunes, Podbean, Spotify, Radio Public, and Google Music. I do believe that's only available in the US and Canada currently, but they're all available there. So please do go there, uh, share the episode, check it out, get your friends to listen. And uh, yeah, find me on BPM Pod on Facebook and at bpmpod.com. Share the love, people. Doesn't take much. Just a few clicks. But it only remains for me to say thank you very much for listening. Thank you for spending your time here. I hope you've learned something from this and uh, hope you've had a nice time being here. Uh, Stay tuned for the next episode where we will be talking to a Norwegian singer-songwriter. And uh, she's going to come to us with a really mystical voice and some really, really cool stories as well. Uh, So stay tuned for that episode. But until then, take care of each other. Stay safe out there. Stay lucky. And I'll see you soon. (laughs) 